Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Careful making wishes in a dark, dark, can't be so when it hit that Up in the sides in the mean, mean time I'm just dreaming of tearing you apart That is hammered out to deep left field Forget about it Big fly for Mike Trout and the Angels have tied this one up and won Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dan Garcia, and we are continuing our trip around the AL West as we preview each team in the West. Uh, leading up to obviously our trip out there to spring training well where we will have Rhett Bollinger on to talk about the Angels and that will complete the AOS preview but before we get to that a quick word from my bookie again go to mybookie.ag today where you can where they'll double your your initial deposit uh, when you sign up for a new profile again they'll double the initial deposit just use promo code chair you have everything coming up you have baseball, you have college basketball, you have the NBA playoffs coming up. So now is definitely a great time to jump on my bookie and set up an account. And again, they'll double your initial deposit up to a thousand dollars. All you have to do is use promo code chair. Again, that's mybookie.ag. Check it out today. So this time I was able to talk with Chandler Rome. He's the Houston Chronicle. He's a Houston Chronicle beat writer for the Houston Astros. And I was able to catch up with him, talk a little bit, but this interview was recorded before they moved out to Florida for spring training. Um, I wanted to try to get to on them before they got out there because I kind of had a feeling it was going to be really hectic with um, everything that's gone on. And, and so, and it has, because obviously you've seen the quote unquote apology and all that stuff that kind of went down once they were in uh, Florida. So this is right before that. So we don't really talk about that. But Johnny and myself will be here Thursday, and we'll talk about everything that has happened with the Houston Astros. Um, hopefully, we'll be up to date because it always it always seems like a new thing kind of pops up every other day. So, um, but Johnny and myself will be back um, to talk about the Houston Astros and everything our opinion about everything that's going on with them. But again, this is my interview with Chandler Rome from the Houston Chronicle. We continue to look around the AL West with the Astros beat writer at the Houston Chronicle, Chandler Rome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. Uh, obviously, without, I guess it's easy to say that the Astros had one of the most um, odd, exciting, I don't know what kind of, how you want to explain it, but uh, off seasons, you know, in recent history for sure. So I want to take you back to when the investigation findings come out and that initial uh, discipline re- uh, handed down by the commissioner. What was your uh, first reaction? Uh, it was pretty much kind of what we all thought it would be. I think everybody had kind of come to the realization and we had kind of heard through the grapevines that, 
you know, draft picks were going to be lost. Um, there were going to be severe monetary fines. And then um, a suspension for either A.J. Hinch or Jeff Luno was probably forthcoming. Um, the length of the suspensions, I don't know if that was as surprising. Um, as more of just like, I, I think we thought one of them would get a year and maybe the other one gets half a year or something like that. But the fact that they were both year long was a little bit, I wouldn't say surprising, just like um, just kind of reinforced uh, what some of the things that happened. And then I think the bigger shock came when, um, when Jim Crane fired uh, both AJ Hinch and Jeff Luno, just about maybe, I think, I think it was all not even two hours after um, the commissioner released his findings. Was that even a thought, you know, leading into it when you knew there was going to be some kind of an announcement coming up? Did you even think that was a possibility where they would both lose their job? I, I remember driving to the, the park when the press conference was going to happen, and I was on the phone with my editor on the way there. And I remember saying something like, well, if he gets up there and fires them, then obviously we'll have to, you know, change course of kind of what we were planning for that day. And my editor asked me, he goes, you really think they'd fire him? And I said, I, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I, I don't, it was one of those things that in the moment you were a little bit surprised just that you heard it. It was pretty shocking. But then a, as we took a, a, some time to think about it and read the report, um, I think Jeff Luno's fate was sealed just by not, not just with the sign ceiling, but um, the culture that he had festered in the baseball operations department. Um, and Rob Manford went out of his way to kind of really excoriate that insular culture. Um, I think that did Jeff Luno in. And then um, when you got to think about it, you know, AJ Hinch, though he didn't, though he was, has been on record as saying he did not condone of it. Um, he was in the dugout. Right. The, the banging was going on, you know, feet from him and he had the ability to stop that the players told MLB investigators that if AJ Hinch would have asked them to stop they would have um the fact that he didn't do anything kind of sealed his fate and then I mean you just sort of thought that um if they were going if Jim Crane was going to fire one of these guys the other guy almost had to go too so um it it was it was difficult it's a difficult day for for both of those guys um aj hinch has obviously shown a lot more contrition and culpability and remorse than jeff luno who kind of remains quiet and all of this but you know i mean these guys have families they have kids and wives and i mean that's tough on them but um the astros kind of did what they had to do what was kind of the initial reaction from fans out there in houston whether it be like you know on social media that you've seen or even maybe commenting on articles that you wrote uh, I, I think they're they're all in different stages of kind of accepting this. Uh, I think there's some that um, th- there's there, there's two kind of strong factions that you know some have disowned the team, um, kind of said you know I don't want to follow these cheaters anymore, and some will go to their grave saying the Astros did nothing wrong and that Jim Crane made a bad decision to fire AJ Hinch and Jeff Luno. Um, most of them are in the middle. Um, I, I think most of them are tired of hearing about it. And I've got bad news for them when spring training <laughs> yeah. opens in a couple of days. That'll be that, that'll be the only yeah. thing that they hear about for about two weeks. Um, I think that has kind of been the overriding sentiment I've gotten. Like people are really tired of hearing about it. They, they kind of want to act like this is like they think that Jeff Luno and AJ Hinch have been fired. Dusty Baker and James Click have been hired. Um, they kind of think it's over. And this isn't over. Um, this is something that is going to follow the Astros um, throughout the season. It'll dominate spring training headlines starting here in a couple of days. Um, it's not going away anytime soon. 
Um, maybe when the season starts and the team starts playing games, it gets, you know, muted a little bit and um, it's not dominating the headlines like it is now, but this is going to be something that follows this team uh, throughout the season and into its future too. This is something that is indelibly on this franchise's um, reputation for however much longer it exists. Now going into the season, obviously you guys start out at home against the angels, but then you guys open up uh, Anaheim angel stadium uh, here, you know, obviously all throughout the year, you guys are going to hit the road and hear booze. You think that's going to affect the the players, you know, maybe just at the beginning, but not the whole season, or you think that's going to affect the players throughout the whole year? I Maybe I'm in the minority on this. I really don't think so. I mean, these guys get heckled everywhere they go. Um, this is, I mean, even before all this came out, um, you know, the Astros, they were heckled pretty badly in New York last year um, at the ALCS. I mean, I mean, that's part of being a pro athlete. You go into places and you get, you know, heckled by opposing fans pretty much everywhere you go. Now, granted, this will be like something they've probably never experienced before. But um, I, to me, I just don't think it would affect them. And to be quite honest with you, um, granted, we haven't heard from all of them, um, but the players that have spoken that are still on the team um, really have kind of not shown much remorse. Or call, like, I, I don't believe, you know, maybe they don't think they did a ton wrong. Maybe they just think they were doing what, you know, they were told to by their superiors and their coaches and things like that. So I think how much, I think, you know, if you could delve into every player's conscience and see whether how guilty they feel about everything that's going on, whether they have remorse, I think that may, you know, that may be more of an indicator as to how they'll respond to the heckling and the, and the name calling and things like that. But I mean, I, I can't see it, you know, completely, I can't see them completely ignoring it, but I can't see them. I can't see it affecting them to a point where it affects their performance on the field. Now kind of going onto the field, the actual, the games are going to be played. Um, the Astros lost a very big part of that rotation in Garrett Cole. Obviously, they still have Justin Verlander and Zach Granke at the top of that rotation, but how do you think they go about filling uh, a spot from a very dominant pitcher that's left? I mean, you really can't. There's, there's no, there was no other Garrett Cole out there on the free agent market. Um, you can't really – I mean, he's, he's one of a kind. You're not just going to replace him with one person. Uh, you mentioned they have Verlander and Granke at the top of the rotation. Getting Lance McCullers Jr. back in the third spot after he had Tommy John surgery a couple of years ago, that'll be big for them. Um, he's a guy that um, there's a question of how much, how many innings he can throw because he's just off Tommy John. Uh, Jeff Luno, when he was still the general manager, um, had put out about 120 innings as the benchmark. Um, but this is an organization that under Luno, um, they had innings limits for certain guys after Tommy John. They they've exceeded them in the past. So I wouldn't say that 120 is like a drop dead number um, for Lance McCullers. But they need him to come back. They need him to. And they need him to be good. I mean, he's got a he's got the stuff to be a really good major league starter, and he's shown that he's a good major league starter in the past. They need him to come back and be effective. And then in the fourth and fifth spot, um, you know, Jose Arquiti a guy who really broke out in September last year, threw really well in game five of the World Series as a rookie. 
Um, he's got all but got that fourth spot cemented up, um, unless he just has a disastrous spring. I would think that's his spot. And then they'll go into camp um, with a battle for the fifth spot, and it's going to be between Brad Peacock, Josh James, Austin Pruitt, a guy that they acquired from the Rays. That was general. That was Jeff Luno's last move as Astros GM was acquiring. It's, it's kind of coincidental now. He acquired Austin Pruitt from the Rays, where James Click worked. <laughs> so James Click comes in at least at least knowing at least knowing one person pretty right. well in Austin Pruitt. He's a guy that Austin Pruitt's not been a traditional starter if you look at him. Um, but when he was with the Rays, he was their bulk guy a lot. He would follow the opener and throw five or six innings after the opener. And he started throughout his minor league career. They really like his curveball at the spin rate. Um, I don't think they would have acquired him. Um, again, this is under the former regime, so I, I'm kind of it's kind of weird to talk about why a former regime would acquire him. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think the Astros would have I don't think the Astros would have acquired him just to kind of be the long man in their bullpen. I think they do want him to compete that fifth starter role, and that's the job that he wants too. So he's kind of a dark horse in everything. I think how Austin Pruitt comes to camp and how he throws could really uh, set a tone for who maybe wins that fifth starter job. You know, and obviously the new GM, like you said, James Click and Dusty Baker, the new manager, are going to have to put that together. What was your reaction to each hiring when when it did come down? Dusty Baker is a lifer in baseball, but it's up there in age, and it's kind of I think he even said it kind of his last hurrah. You know, what, what does that mean for him? And then the Astros kind of going forward after that. Yeah, I don't want to disparage Dusty Baker by any stretch of the imagination. This guy is a baseball lifer; he's a legend. If they don't win the World Series this year, he probably should still be in the Hall of Fame because of kind of what he's done. Um, but but Dusty Baker wasn't hired for this job because of his managerial skills. They hired Dusty Baker because they know Dusty Baker handles crisis about as well as any manager that's ever lived. You know, he he got he guided the Giants through Barry Bonds' steroid stuff. Um, he managed Sammy Sosa in Chicago. He managed Bryce Harper in Washington. Um, this guy has managed the biggest names out there. Um, he's dealt with his fair share of controversies just within his clubhouses, and he's kept them together. Um, now, this one's probably unlike any other one he's ever seen, but if there was a candidate out there that could come in and really um, you know, galvanize these players that, um, frankly, it's going to be a weird clubhouse when they get there to West Palm Beach. A lot of guys, some guys that weren't on the 2017 team, um, that may feel like, you know, why am I getting booed for something I never did? Or, you know, it, it could could lead itself to some issues in the clubhouse and they feel that Dusty Baker is the guy that can really galvanize them and really get this team kind of playing for one goal, one thing, kind of one mindset moving forward, and that's just to win baseball games. Um, obviously, with Joe Espada, the bench coach, and Brent Strom, the pitching coach, still being retained, those are two guys that know the personnel a lot better than Dusty Baker does right now. So the first couple of weeks of spring, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more involvement from Joe Espada and Brent Strom, just so they can get Dusty Baker up to speed a little bit. And then in games, um, you know, you can't argue with 1,800 wins. You can't argue with um, three manager of the year titles. Um, Obviously his playoff, his playoff record is a little bit checkered, just how he's, uh, how he's managed in big games. But I think we're to a point now where, the role of a manager, especially um, in this era of baseball, is nowhere near what it was when Dusty Baker started managing. So I'm not sure how much you can really look into that uh, play that playoff past. And how much do you know about the GM, James Click, coming, like you said, from Tampa Bay? And they seem to be very analytical, and that's kind of what the Astros was known for under the previous regime. How do you think he fits into everything? 
yeah, he aligns pretty perfectly with how the Astros built this thing, how they built it to, to get where it is now. Um, and it signals that Jim Crane kind of wants to stay along that line. Um, you know, James Click's a guy that um, he's never had the resources that he had that he will have now that he had in Tampa. Obviously, Tampa did a lot with a very meager payroll. Um, the Astros have a payroll in excess of two hundred million dollars, so this is money that Jim that James Click has really never had the opportunity to work with. So they're going to see how he handles. Um, having more resources now, having more money at his disposal, having an owner that, you know, has shown that he has no problem with, you know, handing out some big contracts, some big money when the time is right for him. Um, but, you know, these next two years, I think, are kind of, I don't want to say smooth sailing for him by any stretch, but, you know, after 2021 is when we're going to really see what James Click is made of. Um, you know, after 21, they have the potential to lose Correa, Verlander, Granke, McCullers, and Osuna, all to free agency. Um, so that, that, that's, and they have a farm system right now that has one top 100 prospect. So um, this year on the field, obviously the team is going to return a lot and they're going to be the favorites to win the division. But, you know, in the next two or three years, James Cliff's going to have to find a way to retool that farm system He's going to have to find a way to, to draft well without first or second round draft picks in the next two drafts. And he's going to have to find a way to keep this thing sustainable past 2021. Because after, because, you know, if you start looking forward, 2021 is sort of that year that went, that off season is going to be one of the more telling in the recent history of the Astros. Now going into the 2020 season, um, what do you think is a weakness of the Astros? If there is really one, or like maybe like a part of the team that needs to get in, improvement as the season goes on i'd say just overall rotation depth um we, we talked about you know they're going into they're going in the spring with a third starter who's fresh off tommy john a fourth starter who um was a rookie last year and while he threw really well he's only thrown 50 big league innings and then they don't have a fifth starter and then you know their their pitching prospects have not um excelled maybe in the way that we thought they would force whitley as the guy that at two years ago was a consensus top it was the consensus top pitching prospect in baseball and now he's kind of had two terrible minor league seasons and you kind of start to wonder with him when's he going to kind of turn it on and click they've got some young latin arms in their system that they really like um guys that have really thrown well because they are being one of them a guy that really contributed at the major league level last year but they need be it be it by acquisition at the trade deadline be it by you know, just guys in the system stepping up. They desperately need some form of rotation depth behind these kind of five or six starters that they're going to go to camp with. And um, that'll be something to monitor as we get to July if they're in contention as we think they would be. Um, I think that would probably be their biggest um, need at the trade deadline would be um, some form of rotation depth because this team returns eight of nine um, position players from a lineup that had the best slugging percentage in baseball history. Um, you know, obviously with Presley and Osuna at the back of the bullpen, you feel comfortable with that. I don't think anyone's ever comfortable with their middle relief, but <laughs> the Astros have, you know, the Astros have proven guys in their, in the middle of their bullpen that um, they can turn to. But again, it's all about rotation depth. And I think, again, they'll be in the market for a starter when we come to July and assuming that they're still in contention. Do you think, in your opinion, that if the Angel or not Angel, sorry, the Astros lose one of those top guys, whether it be Granky or Verlander, for some significant time, nothing too crazy, that they can survive that off their offense alone? 
that's difficult. I mean, I, I think losing either one of those guys would really cripple this team um, because those are two guys that, you know, you can count on are going to give you, you know, six or seven quality innings every time they go out there. You go to the ballpark comfortable every time those two guys are pitching. And with the other three guys in the rotation, um, you know, as of now, I don't think you could feel that. Um, you, you would obviously be, be confident in Lance McCullers and, and Jose Arquiti that, you know, if, they, if they're good, then they'd be a, a nice start. But, again, there's just so much unknown with both of those guys. I don't know if you can have the confidence with them that you'd have with Verlander and Grinke. So losing either one of those guys would really be a – that would really be, cripple this team for however long they would lose them if that were to happen. But, I mean, like you mentioned, um, you mentioned that this team has a lot of um, offense returning, and this team is going to – I mean, assuming that they kind of carry over what they did last year, this team's going to hit for a lot of power. This team's going to hit for a lot of extra base power. Um, this was a team last year that lost Altuve for about a month, lost Springer for a month. Correa barely played, and they still had the highest slugging percentage in, in Major League history. So I think healthy years from all those guys um, would really benefit a lineup that, in some cases, you're right, is going to have to, is going to, have to pick up its, its starting pitching. Now, us down here in Southern California, we kind of are in a fun fan-wise, kind of in a bubble as far as what we think of the Angels' moves here and there. But I'm interested to get your perspective on uh, kind of like the scouting report of the Angels going into the 2020 season, being that you you follow the Astros, so you're in Anaheim a lot. And you see Anaheim go there a lot. Uh, what is your overall kind of scouting report of the Angels going into the next season? Can Anthony Rendon pitch? <laughs> I mean, that would I mean that would be my big I I, I just after what I saw from them last year um, and the way they struggled to pitch the ball, like I would, I would have assumed that they're just for, they would have thrown the bank at Garrett Cole, and you know maybe they were they maybe they were out of it from the beginning and Cole was going to go to the Yankees no matter what. But I, I just without in the absence of a top flight starter for that team, um, I, and their offense is going to be a lot. It's going to be really good with with Otani and Trout and and Rendon, but uh, without, with, in the absence of a top flight starter, I just don't, I don't have the confidence in their pitching staff. I think they'll be better than they were. It's tough not to, it's tough to be worse than they were last year. So I think they will be better than they were on the mound last year. But, um, you know, I just, um, it, it doesn't inspire much confidence on paper right now when you, you your pitching additions for Julio Tehran and Dylan Bundy. Um, you know, those are guys that certainly will eat innings and they've, and they've pitched, you know, they've got, pretty lengthy big league careers but i just don't um i don't think that that's what they needed to contend with the astros and the a's for a division title um their their lineup's going to be potent but again i have a lot of questions about the pitching staff i'm not going to ask you for a prediction because a lot of things can happen between now and obviously the end of the year injuries acquisitions and all that stuff but i I am interested to get your opinion on the team that wins the al west will have how many wins I'd probably say 96. Um, I, I, I think the Astros and I, I mean, I do think the Astros win the division. And I think they end up, you know, in that 93 to 97 win range. Um, I, I don't think this is a hundred win team. I don't think it was a 107 win team like it was last year. Um, I, right now, I don't think it's a hundred win team just given their, their, their pitching issues, but they're not issues, just their lack of pitching depth. But um, you know, I, I think their offense is going to be really good. Once again, I think when you, start out any series or start out a rotation with Verlander and Grinke, you have to feel comfortable. Um, they've got their setup man and their closer back. Um, I think the A's will, will challenge, and I think that'll be a very interesting and intriguing race. But 
the A's, you know, with the with the prospects that they're counting on in the rotation, those guys are really good. But when you when you're trusting prospects that much, um, there's a certain degree of doubt. There's a certain degree of unknown there. So um, I, I think the winner of the division probably wins about 96, 95, 96 games. And then kind of piggybacking off of that, the two teams that win the AL wild card uh, will have how many wins? Uh, let's say 92. Let's say 92, 93, something like that. Uh, a, a few less. Um, obviously, the Red Sox, if this trade ever finalizes, um, <laughs> the Red Sox will take, take a little bit of a hit. The Rays are going to be good again. Um, but I think, if anything, you, you've got three um, – I'd probably say you've got three pretty established favorites in every division, um, given probably the Twins, the Astros, and the Yankees in every division in each of the American League divisions. And then, I mean, and the White Sox are going to be battling out. The A's will be battling out with the Astros. Um, the Indians are still kind of lingering around as well. So, um, those are those are four teams that will probably have to win, you know, ninety, ninety-two games to to ensure a, a wild card spot. And last question, and again, I want to thank you for your time. Jeff Lunau, A.J. Hinch, do either one of them get a job in baseball again? I think A.J. Hinch does. I don't think there's any chance Jeff Lunau does. Um, I think A.J. Hinch started – there was a reason why he did the interview with Tom Berducci in the way that he did it. And he even alluded to this on on screen. Um, He wanted to get his faith out there, and he wanted to appear remorseful. And he was, and he wanted to appear contrite and take – some culpability for what happened. And uh, I think this is all um, sort of in an effort to remarket himself as a guy that knew what was going on and that regrets that he didn't stop it. And I think AJ Hinch's reputation in the game was so good before this. And I think it's still really good. Um, You know, obviously this is going to follow him for his entire career and he won't have the seamless, the spotless reputation that he had prior to this, but he was so what he is he is and was so liked in the game and so revered as one of the better managers in baseball that I have a hard time believing that he won't get a job in 2021 and he's and he's already kind of been on record saying that he wants to manage again and I think he'll get that opportunity I think it'll take a you know time heals most wounds and I think you know this suspension year he'll kind of lay low a little bit and then you know, maybe it's not in 21. Maybe he has to do TV for a year in 21 to kind of really get his image back out there and then uh, and then get a job in 22. So I think A.J. Hinch manages again. I think A.J. Hinch works in baseball again. Jeff Luno, um, I find it very difficult to believe anyone would hire Jeff Luno in, in any sort of baseball capacity for sort of the opposite reasons of A.J. Hinch. You know, as good of a reputation as A.J. Hinch had in the game, um, Jeff Luno's was probably the polar opposite. He, he was not very well liked in, in, within the sport. Um, and this has only kind of inflamed that um, reputation. And I, I think he's done in baseball for the foreseeable future. All right, Chandler, thank you very much. And let the fans know where they can read your stuff when, you know, Astros and Angels meet up, obviously, for opening day. Uh, go ahead and put your Twitter and where they can see your articles. Yeah, I'm at HoustonChronicle.com, and um, my Twitter is Chandler underscore Rome, and I'll be in West Palm Beach on Tuesday to kind of start, and I'll be with the team the entire season. All right, Chandler, thank you very much. Safe travels out to Florida. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? 
Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And again, I want to thank Chandler Rome for taking some time out and chatting with me, talking about Houston Astros baseball. Again, this was recorded before they went out to spring training, so we didn't really get to talk to him about the quote-unquote apology and all that stuff. But Johnny and myself will talk about that Thursday, um, so definitely come back, subscribe, check that one out. Also, too, giving you guys a heads up right now. You're going to want to subscribe to our Instagram page coming up really, really soon. If you have not already, we're going to do a special giveaway of Stance Baseball Socks, the official sock of Major League Baseball. But it's going to be an Instagram giveaway, so you have to make sure you are following us for that. So kind of a, a sneak peek about what we're going to do. So if you don't follow us already on Instagram, I highly, highly recommend it. Again, that's Halo underscore Haven on Instagram and on Twitter. But we will have a Instagram giveaway on Thursday, so we will post it there. We'll talk a little bit about it on our next podcast. But definitely, to get ahead of the game, you're definitely going to want to follow us on Halo underscore Haven on the Instagram, as the kids say. But uh, other than that, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be on spring training again uh, March 5th through the 9th. We'll have Red Bollinger from the ML, from uh, MLB.com there to talk Angels baseball with us, and that would be kind of our Angels preview after we're done with all these teams in the AL West. But uh, again, I want to thank you guys for subscribing. Again, have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Or message us on our social media feeds, and both Twitter and Instagram are the same, Halo underscore Haven. So really love the feedback. Appreciate it. Looking for um, some ra- some ratings and some reviews on our uh, Apple podcast page, I guess you want to call it. So if you guys can rate review there um, help us out spread the word of the podcast getting ready for the 2020 season again i want to thank chandler Rome for taking some time out chatting astros baseball and we will be back thursday to give our thoughts on the houston astros and all the craziness that has happened with them throughout the last offseason so until then i will see you later and have a great day The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. 
crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.